Good morning and welcome to the prayer line. This is Bishop Smith and it is a wonderful day on June the 9th. We're going to have a great time in the Word and we're going to also have a great time in prayer this morning. We pray that you all are doing well at the top of the morning for this is the day that the Lord has made. In it we shall rejoice and be glad. We thank the Lord that he's delivered us from the powers of darkness and he's translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, whereby we can call him Abba Father, because he is our daddy. And so we say good morning to you, Father God. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We ask that you would lead us, and that you would guide us into all of the truth this morning. We thank you for everyone that is up on the line, Lord God, this morning, getting up early to seek your face and call upon you while you are near. Father, I boldly declare that this is the confidence that we have in you. If we ask anything according to your will, you heareth us. And because you hear us, we know we have the petition that we desire of you. Father, we declare in advance and we decree in advance every prayer request that will be lifted up today will be granted unto the person who sent in their petition. And, Lord God, even those who have not sent in their petition, we, Lord God, come in agreement with them as touching and agreeing, and we declare it shall be done. For you said in your word, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So, Father, we love you. We acknowledge you. We feel your presence this morning. Have your way, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Well, this morning, I want to say good morning to the saints, good morning to our intercessors, good morning to New Destiny Church, good morning to the universal body who's calling in from whatever time zone you're calling in from. Thank you, thank you, thank you for calling in <clears throat> Excuse me, and praying with us. Then I also want to say good morning to every pastor on the line, every pastor on the line, every man of God, every woman of God. Thank you for being on the line with us this morning. This morning we have with us Sister Brandy Goods. She's going to be doing our prayer requests and praying over those prayer requests. Sister Brandy, how are you this morning? Good morning, Bishop. I'm doing well. Good morning to everyone that's on the line. I'm glad you're doing well and prospering. Praise the Lord. And so we have with us someone who haven't been with us for quite some time now. We thank God that he's with us this morning, but we have Pastor Tommy Powell with us all the way from the great state of uh, Georgia, Augusta, Georgia, and he is from the city church. He passes the city church there, and we're so excited that he's with us this morning. Pastor Powell, how are you doing this morning? Bishop, I am the north side of Fabulous this morning. I get the chance to share with you and my family at New Destiny Cal, so I'm doing fabulous, man. Wow, I love it. You got me again with the north side of Fabulous. We haven't heard north that. Side. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's a good place to be. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hand it over right to you. We're excited about what God has placed in your spirit about this particular word this morning. And so, Pastor Powell, it's all on you. Well, thank you, Bishop. And, again, I'm so glad to be with my New Destiny family. Um, and let me say this right from the, right from the rip. Um, I know we got devotion. I'm going to jump into it. But I, I want to say to my dear friend, Bishop Carl Smith, um, and to the New Destiny family, man, 
you have meant the world to me uh, for a decade at this point. Uh, however, this past two years, man, we've spent more time together, and you've brought more life, more insight, more inspiration, more direction uh, in these last two years, man. And I just want to say publicly how much I appreciate you. Um, your life matters, man, and I want to say thank you uh, for everything and what you mean to us here in the great state of Georgia. With that said, I, I want to jump into Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, verse 17, Romans chapter 5, verse 17, talking about the righteousness that came through Christ Jesus. And it says, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. So we have a cause and effect relationship there. Adam's sin caused death to rule over many. But even greater, I love that, even greater, God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. I love this scripture, um, Bishop, and it says that death for the sin of this one man caused death to rule over many. What's interesting here is death was reigning like a king. That's what the word reign means. Death was reigning like a king. The interesting thing about death is death existed in God's creation. Death existed in God's creation. But in the beginning of God's creation, even though death was present, it had no power. Death was present, but it had no power. How do I know it was present? Because he says, if you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. So death was present, but it had no power. Death had no force in it. What activated the force of death was what Scripture says here in Romans 5.17. It was the act of Adam. It was the disobedience of Adam, or as we know it now, the sin of Adam. And I won't go to the scripture, but I want to say this in principle. Sin is the power of death. Sin is the power of death. So now the Bible says that this, this death was reigning um, and ruling over men. It was reigning and ruling over many. Then comes this guy named Jesus Christ. The problem we have now is sin was the power of death, right? We know that our righteousness comes through Jesus Christ, but we have a small dilemma here because Bishop if sin gave power to death and caused death to rule, we have a problem in that Jesus Christ had no sin. Jesus Christ didn't have any sin. So in order for him to become a substitute for us, it was almost impossible because he had no sin and the power of death was sin. In other words, you couldn't kill Jesus because he had no sin. So in Corinthians, we find out what, what God's solution was. He says, hey, I want you to take on sin. I want you to take on the sin 
of the humanity. Because once you take on this sin, now you're properly positioned to die so that you can become a substitute for their life. So Christ, in his sinless state, the Bible says he took on sin so that we might become the righteousness of Christ. It was an exchange. Christ took on sin because he had to, because he couldn't die if he didn't, because the power of death is sin. He had no sin. And then something interesting happened. He says, now, when I become sin, that means human humanity can become the righteousness of God. Not because we did right, not because we were right. We inherited rightness. We inherited a righteousness that God would accept. And now, so when we became righteous through Christ Jesus, when the Bible says in Romans five seventeen, for those that accept this righteousness, that accept the righteousness of Christ, we shall, watch this, reign in life. Reign in life. Reign in life. Up until Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, death reigned in life. When Christ came, he took on sin, was died, buried, and was resurrected. Now we have the opportunity through this righteousness of Christ, once we accept it, to reign in life. Now watch this. God's ideal is for those of us that have accepted the Christ, the righteousness of Christ, to reign in life, not reign in eternity, not reign after we leave, but reign in life. I don't know where you are. I don't know if you can say this with me, but say this. God's intent is that we reign in life. That's Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For all who receive it will live in triumph or reign like a king, watch this, over sin and death through this one man. Now, Bishop, I want to do something I don't normally do. I want to go to another scripture here to kind of bring this point home, and then I'll turn it back over to you. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15. Death was present in creation, but it had no power. The minute Adam sinned, it activated the power of death. Death reigned in life until Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus come, he takes on sin because otherwise, that's why he said, I lay my life down. That's why he said, I became sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of Christ. If he did not do that, there was no way the man could die because he was sinless. And the only way death can work is through sin. And so now he says through this righteousness, he, the ideal, the, the cause is righteousness. The effect should be reigning in life, reigning over sin and death. Now watch what, what the author of Hebrews says here. Verse 14, inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, talking about Jesus Christ, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. So now we know that the power of death is sin, but the holder of that power was the devil. 
And he says in verse 15, and release those who through fear of death were, watch this, all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, my last point is this, is this. That day that Jesus Christ raised from the dead, it was a bad day for sin, death, and the holder of death, which is the enemy. Because he was made a public spectacle. He suffered the worst embarrassment of his tenure because now the thing that had held so many captive, that had held so many bondage, no longer had the power to hold anyone in bondage. That's why the Bible says Jesus made a public spectacle of the enemy. Because when he came back from, the, from death, he said death has no sting. Death has no victory anymore. Why? Because I paid the price. And enemy, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get some sons and daughters that will accept my free gift, and I'm going to make them your worst nightmare as well. And I'm going to give them this righteousness, and now what used to rule them, they're going to rule over, but they're going to only do it through righteousness. Now watch this next verse, verse 15. And, Bishop, I'm done. He says, and release those through who through fear of death. Now watch this, guys. As the righteousness of Christ, as a believer in Jesus Christ, the fear of death, which all fear is rooted in, should not be ruling our lives. We should be ruling it. How do I know? It's very clear that through righteousness, we should rule in life. And now he says, the thing that used to hold us bondage was this fear of death. Fear of death has been obliterated. Why? Because this man overcame death and made us partakers of this life in him through righteousness. See, fear, you've heard the proverbial saying, oh, get out of the box. Well, that box is real. But you know what the, the strength of that box is? Fear on all corners. If you drew a, a square and on one corner you put the fear of rejection, that holds more people in bondage than anything. On the other corner you put inadequacy. What they are afraid they can't or cannot do keeps them in that box. On another corner you put fear of failure. Fear of failure. People won't even try because they feel like they can't. They feel like they'll fail. And then on the other corner, is lacking of resources, the fear of not having enough resources. Those four corners of that box keep people in place. But Jesus Christ says, through righteousness, child of God, I want you to break the box in half, destroy it, because fear should not be holding us in place. God has precious promises for his believers. And through righteousness, he says, the fear of anything, the fear of death, death of a relationship, death of a job, Losing of income, loss of anything in this life should not hold you in place. My promises to the righteous should be your meat and your bread. That the enemy will continually be made a public spectacle because we are no longer held in bondage by fear. Because Christ destroyed the power of death and embarrassed and destroyed 
the one that held the power of death, which is our enemy. Child of God, I'm telling you, God is calling us to reign in life through righteousness in Jesus' name. Bishop. Y'all, we on to something right here. We are <laughs> something right here, y'all. Did you hear that? My God. I got a whole page of notes over here. Y'all, let me tell you something. I I want to jump in right now and play double dutch, but I can't. I can't. We're going to let Sister Brandy come, and we're going to pray, but then we're going to swing back. We're going to swing back. I promise y'all, we're going to swing back. And we're going to touch some more on this before we shut this prayer line down this morning. My spirit is jumping. Pastor, you about to make me stand up. My God. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Presence of God. This journey, this June journey, boy, my God. My God. Okay. Okay. Come on, Brandy. Come on. You better come on. <laughs> we have two prayer requests. We have a prayer request from Helen Gill Smith. Um, and she's saying, please, she's requesting prayer for her sister, Daphne Thompson, who is the mother of, of my niece you all have been praying for. She says, Daphne has been in the hospital for about a month. She will be released soon and has various medical issues. However, she has been homeless for some time now and is currently on unemployment. Prior to the pandemic, she was in a shelter, and now the shelter is full. And during the pandemic, she she was staying in a hotel and has since been released from the hotel. Um, she has a social worker that's been working with her tirelessly, um, trying to find shelter for her. And if she is released from the hospital without a shelter or a place to stay, she will have nowhere to go but to the streets. Helen says, we are praying with great hope and believing that she shall not, that this shall not be in Jesus' name, as the Lord will provide. He did it before and he will do it again. We ask that you pray, trust, and believe alongside with us. Thank you. And then secondly, we have a prayer request from Latasha Davis. She's praying for healing for her auntie, Shauna Davis, who was in the hospital and just suffered from a stroke. So, Father God, we come to you this morning. We enter into your gates with thanksgiving. We come before your courts with praise, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that you hear us when we pray, and you said that while we are yet speaking, that you will answer us. We, Father, we praise you, Lord God, for who you are. We thank you, Lord God, that you are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. You are Jehovah Jireh, the God who will provide for his people. You said in your word, I am that I am. And we call on the great I am to intervene in these situations on today, Lord God. Father, we ask that you would manifest your name to these people on today, Lord God, that they would know you as Jehovah Jireh, that they would know you as the Lord our healer. So, Father God, we pray this morning, Lord God, and we pray for Shauna. We ask that you would be gracious and merciful unto Shauna, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you would remove sickness from her midst, Lord. Father, we pray 
for her complete and total healing. We apply the blood from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet, Lord God. We speak healing to every cell and every nerve and every organ in her body in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare that she will not suffer, Lord God, any debilitating effects from the stroke, Lord God. Father, we declare that by Jesus' stripes she is healed. Father, you said you that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were made healed. So we declare Shana's healing in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare that by your word, Lord God, that she is made whole. We send the word to Shana's body, and we declare health and wholeness, Lord God, that there will be nothing missing, nothing lacking, and nothing broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray that her healing would spring forth speedily in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we also come and we stand in agreement with Helen, Lord God. You said if any two of you agree as touching on earth anything, that it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. Father, we declare your word, Lord God, that says you, the young lions, suffer lack hunger and suffer lack, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. So, Father, we come in agreement with Helen, and we stand, Lord God, asking for shelter, Lord God, for Daphne, Lord. You are the Lord who provides. You are the God that makes ways out of no way, Lord God. Father, we ask that you would give her favor, Lord God, with you and with men. We pray that favor will go before her, Lord God. We pray that favor will surround her like a shield. Father, go before her and make her crooked path straight. Father, may she hear a voice behind her saying, go this way. Father God, we ask you, Lord God, that you would move on her behalf, that you would cause doors that were shut to be open in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would close doors, Lord God, that can never be opened again. We ask that you would move, Lord God, in a mighty way. We ask that you would make a way where there seems to be no way. Father, the way you care for the birds of the air, and you clothe the lilies in splendor. How much more will you do for Daphne? So, Father, we thank you for that. We also pray a special blessing for the the social worker that's been helping her. Father, we pray that you will not forget her labor of love, Lord God, whereby she ministers. And we ask that you would meet any needs and any concerns that she would have. These things and all things we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. And we declare this morning that every prayer request lifted up today will become a praise report. And then also we declare, (coughs) excuse me, the prayer requests that you have that were not sent in. We set ourselves in agreement with with your prayer requests once again. And we declare it is granted unto you in Jesus' name. Granted unto you. In Jesus' name. If you have uh, a prayer request, please send those prayer requests in. You can go to our website at newdestiny.online, go to the prayer page, and then on the prayer page you can fill out your prayer request. Or you, if you download the church app and click the prayer um, tab, in that prayer tab there's a place, a space reserved for you to fill out your prayer request as well.
let's get back into the Word. Now, the revelation that Pastor brought out this morning, I love being a student of the Word because you hear so much. He started out, and he said, Adam's sin caused death to rule or reign over many or over humanity. He used the word reign. So Adam's sin caused death to reign over humanity. Then he used the word even greater based on what the scripture says. So Adam's sin caused death to reign. But what the second man Adam did is even greater. Because he caused something to reign over what was reigning over humanity. And so what was reigning over humanity was death. Because death, this is what Pastor says, was reigning like a king. Death was present, but death had no power. Did you all hear all that? Because that's what I heard. Death was present, but death had no power. So Adam's sin activated death, and death was passed on to all of humanity. Death was present. Death had no power. Something had to activate death, and what activated death was sin. Adam's sin, his transgression. He, he moved out of placement. He moved out of position. He was in right standings with God. And see, that's what sin does. It moves you out of position. It moved him out of position, and in doing so, Adam activated death. Now, you all have heard me say that Adam is the first man to be born again. He's born from life to death. Now, here's the key. I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to give you the answer, but I'm going to ask a question. I want you to think first. How long did Adam live? That's the key. How long did Adam live? And see, Adam lived 930 years and he died. Now, back then, men would live long. Methuselah lived longer than that. And so they would live long. And see, what, I, what, I, what I'm believing is they lived so long because they had to learn how to die. God didn't create us to die. God created us to live, but when he sinned, he activated death, and death was passed on to all humanity. What Jesus did was even greater, because he deactivates death on our behalf. Jesus properly positioned himself to die, and in doing so, he positioned us to live. Righteousness, listen to this, causes the believer to rule and reign in life. Now, let me read this scripture, and I'm going to go back to Pastor Powell, because I'm just, just proving everything that he said. It just, oh, my God, it just got me so fired up. Now, he went to Hebrews 2. And I'm going to tell you, Pastor, I'm going to use this scripture Sunday, 14 to 15. He says, since all his children have flesh and blood, so Jesus became human to fully identify with us. He did this so that he could experience death. Here, here's confirmation to what you said. And annihilate the effects of the intimidating accuser 
who holds against us the power of death. By embracing death, Jesus sets free those who live their entire lives in bondage to the mm. to tormenting dread of death. I'm dropping the phone. I'm dropping my pen. Pastor, I'm, come back and talk to us. Come back and talk to us, man. Bishop, I think you summed that up perfectly. I, I, the, 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 I don't know who chose this scripture this morning, but I think it's so timely because through righteousness, our Father intends us to rule, not through a good job, not through a happy relationship. It's through righteousness. When we don't walk in righteousness, we are choosing death. We are choosing death. It took years for them to die, yes, but in those years, you know what they what happened? They lived by shame, which is death. They lived by inadequacy, which is death. They lived by fear, which is death. And this 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 fear was holding everybody captive. And the truth in this whole lesson and in, in this righteousness is listen, family. Wherever we're living by shame, we're afraid to ask or make a move or do anything because of shame and adequacy, fear of faith, rejection, lacking risk. You're living by the principle of death, not by the principle of life. Because as the righteousness of Christ, we should be living free reigning over all of the things that still holds most of our world captive. Your life should be an advertisement for the power of God's righteousness working through people. I want to say this really quickly. Years ago, um, years ago, we were, I was a youth pastor, and back in those days, I don't know if anybody here is old enough to remember when your, when your principal used to have a paddle under his desk. And for some of, some of us, you know, he knew us personally, so he 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 wouldn't put us out of school or in in school spirit. He just paddled us and sent us on back to class. You know, it was all acceptable back then. And as a youth pastor, I, I used to have a paddle, and because of the the times back then, children knew it was really really a possibility to get paddled if you did something wrong. So we took a about six hundred youth to Panama Beach for a youth retreat. And um, the night I was supposed to minister, uh, one of the young men had taken uh, a young, another young man, picked him up and threw him in the pool. And when he threw him in the pool, the young man hit his back on the edge of the pool. By the grace of God, the young man was fine. He didn't need any operations. He didn't, we took him to the, we did take him to the hospital to make sure he was fine. But everything was fine. So that night we come back, and I'm speaking, and I call the young man up to the to the platform that had threw the young man in the pool, and um, I said, "Now what you did?" I said, "You did throw such and such in the pool, yes." I said, "Now what you did could have caused paralysis. Your action 
could have caused that man to lose his the rest of his life. And as a good counselor, as a good youth pastor, I can't let that go by without you paying the penalty for it. And I had my paddle sitting right there. You can imagine 600 youth, they just go quiet. The whole, the whole room is quiet. I said, so turn around. Turn your back to the, to the audience. You know, you got to get at least three licks. And then I stopped. I raised the paddle. When I raised the paddle, everybody said, <gasps> I stopped and I said, I tell you what. If there's anybody out here that wants to take his place and take the punishment that's due him, come on up here and we'll let Brandon go free. Now there are tears in the eyes, now there, but nobody moved. I said, come on, if you want to take the, the penalty, you come on up here. And nobody moved. I put the paddle down, I hugged Brandon, and I looked at the, 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 the audience and I said, now you fear, now you feel the bondage of fear that Christ died to break off of your life. Because the fear of thinking about taking this penalty paralyzed the whole audience. I said, in what Jesus Christ has done, the reason we worship him, the reason we are devoted to him, the reason we live our lives in alignment with him, is because he took a penalty for all of us that none of us would be willing or capable of taking. And we closed the meeting out, and you've never seen 600 children worshiping God when the reality of Christ becoming sin, that we can become righteous and free, when that reality hit home, it was a miraculous happening in the hearts and minds of those people. And children of God, I want to say to you, I want more than anything today that you understand that Christ became sin, that we might become righteous, that we may walk in the fullness of life, triumphing, reigning over the fear of whatever you can think of. Christ paid that penalty for us, and that's why we worship him. Bishop, I'm done. Lord, you know, aren't you glad you got up this morning? Jesus, help me, Lord. I got up this morning. Hold on, Bob. I knew uh, today's Wednesday. I knew Monday that Pastor Powell was to do the prayer call this morning. I knew Monday. The Lord whispered in my ear. I said, Lord, I got to get somebody to do the prayer call with me because we have to come around real fast. He says, ask Pastor Powell to do the prayer call with you. And I'm so glad I was obedient to that because of this level of revelation that has come out this morning has just absolutely, um, I mean, I am for you all. This was a good breakfast for champions, boy. I'm telling you, these bacon, eggs, and grits, and... Mm -hmm. uh, and um, it got some buttermilk biscuits over there, too. Um, my Lord Jesus. Righteousness causes a person to live the life God ordained. A life 
free of fear and shame, as the pastor brought out, and intimidation. And that's why I believe the Lord spoke to me that can you help the people understand the revelation of righteousness and what it I believe this is what we've been lacking as the body of Christ. As Pastor Powell said, not your job doesn't make you righteous. That's works. Remember I said that's righteousness based on performance. That's dealing with the law and all that. And I'm going to touch on that Sunday, dealing with the law and all that, that mosaic law. But see, the Abrahamic covenant came before the Mosaic covenant. And that's what you got to understand. The Abrahamic covenant came before the um, Mosaic covenant. And I'm going to give him props for it. Pastor Powell said the righteousness or righteousness um through righteousness, we we are bold as lions, and um, it is so true because the righteousness of God positions the man back where he's supposed to be in a place of authority. My God, oh Lord Jesus! All right, all right, all right, P -p Pastor, you better stop. Sure. Well, Bishop, can we do this real quick before we get off the line? Um, and see, this is why I don't like getting on this line with you. Because we'll start feeding off each other. And But I, I really want to just pray right now for the man or woman, the child, that's being still hold, held captive by fear of death, whether it's the fear that you're afraid to move on because you're afraid of the death of a relationship. You're afraid to stand up and be bold for righteousness sake at the job because you're afraid you're going the death of a job. I just, if it's okay, Bishop, I just sense in my spirit, I want to pray for people that are being held captive to the fear of death of whatever it is in their lives because the enemy is doing his job and he's lying to you. And the lie is keeping you in place when you know you should be moving. Please the lie pray. is keeping Thank you. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you. We want to praise. I'm, first of all, I'm giving honor to you for this time that we share this morning. I'm giving honor to you for Bishop Carl Smith and the New Testament family. I'm giving honor to you for the grace that is administrated and the grace that is obviously moving through his life and the life of New Destiny. And thanking you for their faithfulness that every morning they're coming, joining your believers, your sons and daughters together in prayer and, and in word. Father, this morning I'm praying now in Jesus Christ's name, open the eyes of our understanding now. I'm praying right now according to your word in Ephesians 1. Open, give to us the spirit of revelation and open the eyes of our understanding as it relates to the principle of righteousness in our lives, the principle of light, righteousness in Christ Jesus. I'm praying now that your people, as we begin to see the principle of righteousness, no longer will 
fear of death hold us. No longer will fear of anything. No longer will we walk in intimidation, being quiet when we should be speaking, being held in place when we should be moving, staying sick when we know we should be healed. Father, I'm praying right now that the principle of righteousness will become a revelation. Open our eyes that we walk in it like in Jesus' name. I'm praying right now for the woman, the child, or the man that is being dominated by shame, that's being dominated by inadequacy. You called us to rule over inadequacy, rule over death, rule over shame and lack of and fear of rejection. I'm praying right now in Jesus' name that the people that have questions to ask, that have goals to attain, that have promotions to put in for, I'm praying that fear of rejection will no longer keep them in place, that they would move in it in the unction and the power of righteousness and the power of the Holy Spirit maneuvering in their life. I'm praying right now. I'm praying right now in Jesus' name that the person that's in an abusive relationship that fears life will be over without this person, I call it a lie in Jesus' name. Move in Jesus' name. He promised life in that more abundantly. I thank you, Father, right now, Holy Spirit, let your grace be made abundantly powerful in our lives now. I pray in Jesus' name, shake heaven and earth, Lord, that your people would move in a righteous boldness. Your word says it's the righteous that are bold as lions, courageous, a bold witness for your kingdom and your righteousness. I thank you for this great people. A great light has dawned in their hearts. A great light has dawned in their family. A great light has dawned in their area, their community. And I pray in Jesus' name that this righteousness will be on display boldly, courageously, as an advertisement to your kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Powell. And I want to also say thank you for honoring me this morning as uh, what you shared. You didn't have to share that, but, uh, man, that just touches my heart. And we have become really the best of friends over the last year and a half, two years. Um, it's just amazing to see what God is doing Um in our lives, and I believe uh, it's always for the advancement of the kingdom and advancement of our lives. And so, my heart's full this morning. I know your your you all your hearts are full. I'm not I'm not going to say any much, you know, no much. I'm not, I can't talk. That's a shame. <laughs> I'm not going to say that much this morning. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. My goodness. Don't you all feel the presence of God? It's just a wonderful place to be, and I believe we're right where the Lord wants us to be, understanding that we have been positioned in righteousness. Psalms 118, verse 24 said, This is the day the Lord has made. 
In it we shall rejoice and be glad. We have something to rejoice about. We're rejoicing about our righteousness. And I boldly declare today that you will be bold as a lion, that you will wear righteousness on your sleeves. In this brand new day, you know what we say, it's a brand new you. Brand new opportunities and brand new possibilities. Make this confession of faith with me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. From this moment forward, I will be very courageous. I will not waver in my faith. I will not give in to fear. I am more than a conqueror, and I am a world overcomer. And because I have been positioned in righteousness, I am bold as a lion. Come on, y'all. Don't you feel that this morning? I feel it. I pray you've been blessed. Man, I have been richly blessed this morning. Hey, this is Sister Brandy Goods, Pastor Tommy Powell, and Bishop. We are signing off this morning. Make today great by making today count. All right? All right. Uh, it's midweek, and we got midweek Bible study. We always have a great time in the Word. And so we look forward to it tonight in Jesus' name. Kathy, you can open the line.